This is episode 424 of the AWS podcast, released on February 10th, 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lashia here with you, and this is a very special series called Right Now at AWS. Hosted by Katie Doptus, it's a special series focusing on enterprises across industries. We hope you enjoy it. This is Right Now at AWS, the podcast series that surfaces patterns, best practices, and successful solutions from enterprises across every imaginable industry. I'm your host, Katie Daftis. Today, we're featuring the high-tech electronics and semiconductor industries, getting the latest on how electronics and semiconductor customers are leveraging AWS to innovate faster and accelerate new product introduction. I'm joined by Vijay Wunava, head of go-to-market for the high-tech electronics industry at AWS. For more than 20-plus years, Vijay has helped customers envision new business models, realize new connected products and services, optimize marketing spend, reimagine SNOP, adapt supply chains, improve manufacturing yields, and transform customer service. Also sitting down with us is Dave Pellerin, head of go-to-market for the semiconductor industry at AWS. Prior to joining AWS in 2012, Dave had a career in electronic design automation, hardware-accelerated computing, embedded systems, and programmable logic. He has also published five books on related topics. Vijay and Dave, thank you so much for being here. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Katie. So... First, you guys both talk to customers on a daily basis. Why is NPI so important? And Vijay, if you want to kick us off here. Sure. Thanks, Katie. In uh, multiple surveys from the likes of Windshuttle and KPMG, it's evident that CEOs consider NPI or new product introduction do or die for their business. Being too slow leads to irrelevance. And a lot of them want to cut their NPI cycle time by up to 50%. Now, it's, it's pretty easy to see why. Because NPI really ties very closely to a company's current and future revenue. Now, in our industry, NPI is especially important. You know, this is where most of the technological innovation that's changing the world is born. And even in these challenging times, you see a, a wide spectrum of companies uh, continue to prioritize NPI, including those that are adversely impacted and those that are doing well. That's because really the macro factors uh, are really strong. We have a large growing population on the planet. It's 7 billion now. It's fast increasing. We've got the fastest growing middle class ever, which means 160 million plus people every year wanting their cell phones, TVs, uh, fridges, and so on. And Dave, from your point of view? BJ and I work with customers across the supply chain, and this this includes many, many external customers, of course, but also teams internally at Amazon that are developing new and innovative products, whether it's Amazon devices or, or Annapurna Labs for doing data center infrastructure. And we're finding cloud is a, a tremendous enabler for rapid innovation. There's so much to be excited right now, as, as Vijay said. I mean, think about what we're seeing in remote work and remote education, uh, technology innovation that impacts the quality of healthcare, transportation, alternative energy. All of these areas are underlined by fast innovation, rapid product development, and getting products to market faster in the electronics and semiconductor sectors. I mean, NPI really underlies all of this innovation, getting to market with a effective solution, high quality, high reliability. That's NPI rolls all of that in, not just product design, but also getting to market with an effective uh, fit for purpose solution. Okay, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot and say, if you have to choose, what is the one thing that you're most excited about in the NPI space? 
Yeah, you know what excites me the most in the NPI is the way that supply chain partners can collaborate effectively, right? And and this is so true now in the era of remote work, but also in the trends that we've been seeing sort toward outsourcing, toward uh, complex uh, international supply chains, the ability for a customer, for example, that's doing uh, complex semiconductor design to collaborate closely with their manufacturing partner overseas with their providers of intellectual property, with maybe external design services partners that are doing a part of the of the design, whether it's mechanical or or uh, or semiconductor or or application firmware. This ability to collaborate effectively on cloud really does shorten that innovation cycle. Uh, just to add to that, I would pick generative design if I was forced to pick one. Uh, now, what we're seeing in this world is the need to do a whole lot more and do it better with less. And you know, we're seeing all sorts of constrained resources in the world, you know, climate change, a shortage of supplies, and uh, all kinds of constraints that did not used to be an issue. And I think generative design is a great way to address some of that. At its heart, it really is about the use of AI and ML and have these computers recommend the best or the optimal design, even with no or very minimal human input. And so they can conceive of things that no human by themselves would have been able to. Yeah, and BJ, that's a great call out. You know, the generative design at its core, it, it requires massive simulations, right? And those iterative simulations, those simulations that may be driven through AI ML to come to a solution, whether it's a, a structure or whether it is, you know, some solution to a thermal problem, right? These are simulation driven types of exercises to converge on an effective end product, right? And cloud has become incredibly important to allow that kind of scalability and simulations. Yeah, just to add to that, Dave, it used to be that for certain kinds of simulation, just think about a car seat design. It might uh, have taken you three hours to run a simulation for the right trade-off between safety and weight, for example. And, and that's a design that's given by a human. So to really optimize that, you have to run potentially hundreds of these. And it used to be that each of these would take several hours. You do them linearly, one after the other. And by the time you've run through them all, you, you've burned through months of valuable time. Uh, but thanks to the cloud, you can run hundreds of these in parallel. And you can, in fact, take that to extreme scales. We have an example with uh, Western Digital, for example, and their design of, of disk drives. They have to do a lot of magnetic simulations and they took it to the extreme. They had a, a case, uh, this is back in 2018, actually, running on AWS spot instances. They, they ran two and a half million simulations on a magnetic solver problem using uh, over a million virtual CPUs concurrently on the cloud in order to run in essentially eight hours would have, what would have taken them in their previous infrastructure something like 20 days to complete. That's incredible, from 20 days to eight hours running on AWS. Yeah, so many examples like that. In the semiconductor sector, last year we had uh, at our reInvent conference, MediaTek spoke about running physical verifications for their latest 5G cell phone chip. 14 million CPU hours of static timing analysis run on cloud in, in just a few weeks in order to get that chip taped out and, and ready for production. Really amazing what we're seeing in terms of scalability of simulations and verifications. 
So VJ, you touched on this a little bit. So obviously a new product introduction is critical, but it is increasingly challenging. Can you share some common customer challenges and best practices to addressing them? Absolutely. So this industry is incredibly competitive. Right? Product life cycles are getting increasingly shorter. If you just look at the smartphone category, you've got some companies that launch two versions of the same product in the same year. You know, at the same time, products are getting increasingly complex. So as products get smarter, as they're more connected with the internet, as they need to get more environmentally friendly, all of these are adding to the product complexity. And as a result, you have companies that need to collaborate with an increasing number of partners as well. Now, as if this was not enough, we're seeing a lot of supply disruption, supply shortages in the industry. Some of this predates the current economic conditions. And what that means is that adds delays in the NPI cycle time. So to make things worse, I think NPI teams often use multiple tools for their work. Everything from PLM, CAD, CAM, and uh, all sorts of bespoke tools. And these environments tend to be really siloed. There's really very limited visibility across the end-to-end NPI process. Uh, the way teams collaborate with each other tend to be linear, and companies want to break out of that linear model into a much more neuromorphic or brain-like model. And all of this is leading to long NPI cycle times, success rates are lower, and delayed revenues from new products. As a result of these challenges, our customers are finding that they need to do more, better, and with less. And they're finding the cloud as the best way to do that. So customers are embracing the cloud for NPI workloads that even a couple of years ago they thought were impossible to do. And they're rethinking how they collaborate. They are looking to leverage big data, AI, ML, high-performance computing to improve visibility, up their design game. And they're looking to make their customers an integral part of NPI. Yeah, you know, that's that's so important to think about, right? The the analytics that is now possible using cloud across that supply chain has really helped to, uh, for example, increase semiconductor yields or get more visibility in the design process as to what's actually happening back in the manufacturing process. For example, with PCB layouts, with manufacturability from a thermal perspective and a structural perspective. So that closing of the supply chain through analytics is a very, very important trend that we're seeing right now. And we've partners like Optimal Plus, for example, that help customers connect analytics that are generated back, let's say in assembly and test, and connect that back into analytics that's running, let's say in a fabulous semiconductor company or in an equipment company that's designing but not actually manufacturing their own equipment. These ways of getting new insights into manufacturability through cloud-based analytics is a very, very important trend. And, and it really relates back also to the collaboration topic I mentioned earlier. These things go together. So how can customers leverage AWS for MPI? What are some common use cases? Great question, Katie. Our customers are working on really interesting use cases across the NPI aperture, which is really everything from the identification of a need gap or a new idea, all the way to the creation of the first satisfied customer. So many customers are curious about how Amazon and AWS innovate. So for them, we often kick off the NPI process with our working backwards method. Uh, they ask for help with estimating demand, which could be seen as a part of the NPI. Um, and then if you have ways to incorporate the voice of the customer, 
that's uh, that's something we often help with. And then some creative uh, ways to use AWS is to find collaboration partners or even find prospective customers. Then getting to the actual core workloads, so they're working on multiple aspects of design, like running their CAD, CAE, PLM workloads on AWS, to simulation and generative design, which we have talked about, to AIML for knowledge engineering, which is very often to serve up similar or relevant past designs in the service of a new design problem. They're using AWS for computational fluid dynamics, finite element analysis, you know, wireless RF antenna signal integrity or electromagnetics for audio, acoustic, mathematical modeling. And then they take it all the way to helping optimize manufacturing that touches uh, upon manufacturing execution systems and ERP. And, you know, we've got a lot of partners now in this space who offer those kinds of services. You think of, of companies like Autodesk and CAD and, and, and Siemens and PLM and, and simulations in the semiconductor space, Synopsys and Cadence and Ansys and others, right, that provide these solutions. Another really important aspect of this is that many of the customers that we work with today who are developing new products and need to accelerate their NPI cycles are also creating intelligent connected products, right? So they may not only need to uh, accelerate the uh, production and bringing to market of a discrete product, but that hardware product may actually be a connected intelligent product that, that connects back into cloud. And so having the uh, cloud native, if you will, understanding of an organization about how to work with large amounts of data, how to use AIML effectively, how to create secure connectivity to smart devices is very, very important for many of these customers, including semiconductor customers that are moving up the value chain and offering more connected services to companies like iRobot and others that are creating connected consumer products or industrial automation. Many of these organizations that previously were not necessarily familiar with or comfortable in cloud are going that direction now because not only do they have internal use cases that benefit from cloud that we've talked about, but also they're developing cloud-connected services for their own customers. So that's a really exciting trend to watch. That's really interesting. So there's a whole life cycle uh, around artificial intelligence in the sense that customers are using it to improve their own internal systems, but then obviously externalizing that in the products that they make, and then that data can also make their products better. So it, there is a really nice flywheel, if you <laughs> would like, happening. Yeah, super important to get that data as well. Uh, in a controlled way, of course, from your customers, but having access to not only internally generated data, supply chain data, but customer data is how the most exciting new products innovate most quickly. That's a great point, Dave. I think one other way to look at this is a lot of product design over time is being moving to software in a world of software defined anything. So it used to be that once you've designed the hardware of your product, that used to be pretty much it. But now companies are finding that they can keep improving the quote-unquote design of the product well after it's in the hands of customers. And you do that through the software. And managing this, improving product functionality, reliability, and all of that, you know, connected products and services, they make that possible. And AWS can help you do that. And uh, the examples you provided, like iRobot, they're already doing that today. So this is technology that's available, ready for prime time. 
you know, especially in the electronics and semiconductor space, customers often ask us, how do Amazon businesses leverage AWS to improve MPI? So I definitely want to tee that question to both of you, Dave, if you could start us off here. Yeah, there's so many examples within Amazon. Amazon Go being an, an obvious example, you know, just walk out technology, a retail experience. And if you have an opportunity to visit an Amazon Go store, look around the sensor technologies that are in there. And then, you know, behind all of that, of course, AI ML capabilities, fairly deep technology stack to make that work, right? But in other parts of the business as well, even in AWS, of course, AWS develops, designs the infrastructure from the networks to the servers to the storage architectures on down, right down to the silicon, right? And so we use innovation processes and mechanisms internally at Amazon, including the working backwards process that we mentioned briefly earlier, where we start with specific customer requirements and solutions, voice of the customer, work back to what it is we're going to actually deliver through a process of rapid innovation using cloud. And so our silicon teams, for example, use AWS cloud today for all of their electronic design automation workflows, formal verification, digital simulations, physical verifications, all of it, right? We accelerate our innovation on the semiconductor side using cloud, and we work with our external supply chain partners using cloud. We do the same in Amazon devices. And Vijay, I know you've got some good insights from the Amazon devices team. Yes, so Amazon itself is a high-tech electronics company, thanks to Amazon devices. And Amazon devices has built and launched a number of pioneering products, everything from the Kindle family to Alexa, to Fire tablets, Fire TV, Dash, Echo, and now wearables. So Lab 126 is the division of Amazon that is responsible for design and manufacture of all of these devices. And about five years ago, there were just five new products that were launched. That was 2014. And about 50% of that was on the cloud. Fast forward 2019, 20 new products were launched and 100% of it is on the cloud. In this period, we moved from a very small number of sites, handful to now 25 plus sites. And today, Amazon devices engineers, they run 150,000 simulations. They use over 3 million cores, 200,000 instances, 800 terabytes. They run 30 plus workloads, everything from CFD, EDA, FDA, all of the ones that we talked about earlier. And uh, a lot of companies are very surprised when they hear this because this success uh, of Amazon devices all of this, all of the work you see, all the devices you use, everything is powered by AWS. In terms of benefits, as we saw, the NPI throughput went up 4x in these five years. Our cycle times have reduced. Cost savings, as we did not have to purchase capacity to meet our uh, 10x peak loads. And then we were able to process the peak loads in just 44 hours, which would otherwise have taken 41 days of compute time. So that directly helps us uh, reduce cycle times. Those are some really interesting use cases throughout the Amazon business unit. You know, one of the things that we are talking about is, you know, we're talking pretty broadly about this, but it always comes down to it's very difficult to start. So if somebody is wanting to get started in accelerating MPI, what should they do? Dave? Our observation is that the most successful migrations start with a specific point problem. Like, for example, I, I spoke about media tech and their need to 
to focus specifically on static timing analysis for their 5G cell phone chip. Uh, focus on that use case, focus on building best practices and governance in cloud, get a success, a win, and then scale it out to additional workloads. Another way you can get started is through creating a cloud center of excellence, in, in particular a cloud center of excellence for engineering and product development, where perhaps new and innovative products are launched there using cloud as a more cloud native approach rather than trying to migrate pieces of a legacy workflow. But, but in either approach, there are resources available to you that can make this much easier. We have solutions architects, we have specialists, best practice architectures, workshops. We also have AWS partners that are experienced, consulting partners that are experienced in coming in and helping customers migrate to cloud. And those can be found on aws.amazon.com. And also a call out to our ISV partners. The ISV partners that cover the engineering sector increasingly have cloud native or cloud capable offerings, and they have expertise to help customers who are migrating from on-premise uh, constrained environments into cloud environments. So do speak with your ISV partners and we can work together. Just to add to that, many of our customers have been asking for NPI workshops. And so what we do in an NPI workshop is we first establish some stretch goals around NPI, for example, 50% cycle time reduction. Then we identify use cases based on things that our customers have done or just ideating brand new use cases. And then we have a process that we run through to evaluate impact and complexity. This helps us zero in on the first project that we can execute collaboratively with the customer and uh, start what we think will be a really exciting NPI transformation journey. There you have it. Dave, Vijay, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Katie. We enjoyed this so much. Thank you, Katie.